0: You are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on this four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agrida. If you would like to discuss today's reading, you can do so at the Mystical City of God in a Year Facebook group and interact with other readers and followers of the podcast. Let us now thank God for the life of Maria of Agrida. All good and holy God, we thank you for the life of your servant Maria of Agrida. May we follow her holy example and shun the allurements of the world and abandon ourselves to your perfect will. Like her, may we enter into the quiet of heartfelt prayer and find your presence deep in the silence of our souls. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Immaculate Conception, may we pursue with deepest longing a profound purity of heart, mind, and body. By the prayerful help of Venerable Maria of Agreda, may we become holy and radiate the light and life of Christ to all we meet. Amen. Today is day number 99, and we are reading from volume 2, chapter 5, paragraphs 47 to 58. Chapter 5. His Majesty Manifests New Mysteries and Sacraments Together with the Works of the Fifth Day of the Creation, to Most Holy Mary, and Her Highness Continues to Pray for the Incarnation of the Word. 47. The fifth day of the Novena, which the most blessed Trinity celebrated in the temple of the Most Holy Mary, in order that the eternal word might assume human shape in her, had arrived. Just as in the preceding day she was elevated to an abstractive vision of the divinity, and as the veil fell more and more from the secrets of the infinite wisdom, she discovered new mysteries also during this day. For the preparations and enlightenments emitted ever stronger rays of light and divine graces, which flashed into her most holy soul and emptied the treasures of infinity into her faculties, assimilating and transforming the heavenly lady more and more to a likeness of her God in order to make her worthy of being his mother. 48. In this vision, showing himself to her with ineffable signs of affection, The Most High spoke to the Heavenly Queen and manifested to her additional secrets, saying, My spouse and my dove, in the secret of my bosom, thou hast perceived the immense bounty to which my love for the human race inclines me, and the treasures which are secretly prepared for their happiness. So powerful is this love in me, that I wish to give them my only begotten, for their instruction and salvation." Thou hast also seen something of the small returns of their most listless ingratitude and contempt, in which men hold my clemency and love. Yet, although I have shown thee part of their malice, I wish, my friend, that thou shouldst once more know in me how small is the number of those who are to know and love me as my chosen ones, and how great and extended is the number of the ungrateful and the reprobate. The innumerable sins and abominations of these impure and defiled men whom I have foreseen my infinite knowledge retard my bounteous mercy and have locked up the treasure house of my divinity, making the world entirely unworthy of receiving my gifts. 49. The Princess Mary, through these words of the Most High, were instructed in the great mysteries regarding the number of the predestined and the reprobate and also regarding the hindrances and impediments by which sinful men delayed the coming of the eternal word as man into the world. Having present before herself the vision both of the infinite bounty and equity of the Creator, and of the measureless iniquity and malice of men, the most prudent mistress, inflamed by the fire of divine love, spoke to His Majesty and said, My Lord, an infinite God of wisdom and incomprehensible sanctity, What mystery is this, which thou hast manifested to me? Without measure are the misdeeds of men, so that only thy wisdom can comprehend them. But can all these and many more perhaps extinguish thy bounty and love, or vie with them? No, my lord and master, it must not be so. The malice of men must not detain thy mercy. I am the most useless of all the human race. Yet, on its behalf, I remind thee of thy fidelity." Infallibly true it is that heaven and earth will come to naught before thy word can fail. Isaiah 51.6 And it is also true that thou hast many times given thy word through thy holy prophets, and thou hast promised them by word of mouth a Redeemer in our salvation. How then, my God, can these promises fail? of fulfillment without conflicting with thy infinite wisdom? Or how can man be deceived without conflicting with thy goodness, in order to induce thee to fulfill thy promise, and to secure them eternal felicity through thy incarnate word? I have nothing to offer on the part of mortals, nor can any creature oblige thee. And if this blessing could be merited, then thy infinite and bounteous clemency would not thereby be glorified." Only through thy own self can this obligation be imposed upon thee, for only in God can a sufficient reason be found for his becoming man. In thee alone was the reason and the motive for our creation, and therefore in thee alone also the reason for our reparation after our fall. Do not seek, my God and Most High King, for merits, nor for a greater motive than thy own mercy and the exaltation of thy name. 51. It is true, my spouse, answered the Most High, that on account of my goodness I bound myself to the promise of vesting myself in human nature, and of dwelling among them, and that no one could merit in my sight such a promise, but the ungrateful behavior of men, so abominable in my sight and in my justice, does not merit the execution of this promise. For though I seek only their eternal happiness as a return of my love, I perceive and find only obduracy, by which they are certain to waste and despise the treasures of my grace and blessing." They will yield thorns instead of fruit, great insults for benefits, and base ingratitude for my unbounded and generous mercy, and the end of all these evils will be for them the privation of my vision in eternal torments. Take notice of these truths recorded in the secrets of my wisdom, my friend, and weigh these great sacraments, for to thee my heart is laid open so that thou canst see the justice of my proceeding. 52. It is impossible to describe the hidden secrets which most holy Mary then saw in the Lord, for she perceived in him all the creatures of the past, present, and the future, and the position of each one in creation, the good and bad actions, and the final ending of each one. If she had not been strengthened, she could not have preserved her life under the effects of feelings caused by the knowledge and insight into these hidden sacraments and mysteries. But as his majesty in these new miracles and blessings... Had such high ends in view, he was not sparing but most liberal with the beloved one whom he had chosen as his mother, and as our queen deprived this science from the bosom of God itself. She participated also in the fire of his eternal charity, which inflamed her with the love of God and the neighbor. Therefore, continuing her intercession, she said, Lord and eternal God, Invisible and immortal, I confess thy justice, I magnify thy works, I adore thy infinite essence, and hold in reverence thy judgments. My heart melts within me with tenderest affection when I perceive the unlimited bounty toward men, and their dark ingratitude and grossness toward thee. For all of them, O my God, thou seekest eternal life, but there are a few who are thankful for this inestimable benefit, and many who will perish by their malice. If on this account, O my eternal God, thou relinquishest thy undertaking, we mortals are lost. But while thou, in thy divine foreknowledge, perceivest the sins and the malices of men who offend thee so much, thou also foreseest thy only begotten, made man, and his works of infinite price and value in thy sight. And these will counterbalance and exceed the malice of sin beyond all comparison. Through this God-man let thy equity be conquered, and on his account, give us him now. And in order to urge my petitions upon thee once more in the name of the human race, I unite myself with the spirit of this word already made man in thy mind, and pray for his coming, in fact, and for the eternal life of men through his hands. 54. At this prayer of the most pure Mary, the Eternal Father, in our way of speaking, represented to himself, is only begotten as born in the virginal womb of his great queen and he was moved by her humble and loving petitions his apparent hesitation was merely a device of his tender love in order to enjoy so much the longer the voice of his beloved causing her sweet lips to distill most sweet honey canticle 411 and her emissions to be like those of paradise canticle 413 and to draw out still more this loving contention the lord answered her my sweetest spouse and chosen dove Great is that which thou askest of me, and little is that which obliges me on the part of men. How, then, shall such a singular blessing be conferred on those unworthy ones? Leave me, my friend, to treat them according to their evil deserts. Our powerful and kind advocate responded, No, my master, I will not desist from my importunity. If much I ask, I ask it of thee, who are rich in mercies, powerful in action, true in thy words. My father David said of thee, and of the eternal word, The Lord has sworn, and he will not repent. Thou art a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Psalm 109.4 Let then that priest come, who is at the same time to be the sacrifice for our rescue. Let him come, since thou canst not repent of thy promise, for thou dost not promise in ignorance. Let me be clothed, O oh my sweet love, with the strength of this man-God, which will not allow me to put a stop to my importunity until thou give me thy blessing as to my father Jacob. Genesis 32, 26. 55. In this contest, just as it once happened to Jacob, our lady and queen was asked, What was her name? And she said, I am a daughter of Adam, formed by thy hands from the insignificant dust. And the Most High answered, Henceforth thou shalt be called Chosen for the mother of the only begotten. But the latter part of this name was heard only by the courtiers of heaven, while to her it was as yet hidden until the proper time. She therefore heard only the word chosen, having thus protracted this amorous contention according to the disposition of his divine wisdom. And as far as served to inflame the heart of this elected one, the whole blessed Trinity gave to Mary, our most pure queen, the explicit promise that they would now send into the world the eternal word made man. Filled with incomparable joy and exultation by this fiat, she asked and received the benediction of the Most High. Thus, this strong woman issued forth from the contest with God more victorious than Jacob. For she came out rich, strong, and laden with spoils. And the one that was wounded and weakened, to speak in our way, was God himself. For he was drawn by the love of this lady to clothe himself in that sacred bridal chamber of her womb with the weakness of our passable nature. He disguised and enveloped the strength of his divinity so as to conquer in allowing himself to be conquered and in order to give us life by his death. Let the mortals see and acknowledge how most holy Mary next to her most blessed son is the cause of their salvation. 56. During this vision were also revealed to this great queen the works of the fifth day of the creation, in manner in which they happened. She saw how, by the force of this divine command, were engendered and produced in the waters beneath the firmament, the imperfect reptiles, which creep upon the earth, the winged animals that course through the air, and the finny tribes, and glide through the watery regions. Of all these creatures, she knew the beginnings, the substance, the form, and figure according to their kinds, she knew all the species of the animals that inhabit the fields and woods, their conditions, peculiarities, their uses and connections. She knew the birds of heaven, for so we call the atmosphere, with the varied forms of each kind, their ornaments, feathers, their lightness, the innumerable fishes of the seas and the rivers, the differences between the whales, their forms, composition and qualities, their caverns, and the foods furnished them by the sea the ends which they serve, the use to which they can be put in the world, and his majesty especially commanded all these hosts of creatures to recognize and obey most holy Mary, giving her the power to command all of them as it happened, on many occasions to be mentioned later on. Therewith she issued from the trance of this day, and she occupied herself during the rest of it in the exercises and petitions which the Most High had pointed out to her. Instruction which the Heavenly Lady gave me. 57. My daughter, the more complete knowledge of the wonderful operations of the arm of the Almighty, in raising me during the abstractive visions of the divinity to the dignity of mother, is reserved for the predestined, when they shall come to know them in the heavenly Jerusalem. There they shall understand and see them in the Lord himself, and with that special delight and astonishment, which the angels experienced when the most High revealed these things to them for his exaltation and praise. And since his majesty has shown himself so lovingly generous toward thee, giving thee in preference to all the generations of men, such great knowledge and light concerning these so hidden sacraments, I desire my friend that thou signalize thyself above all creatures in praising and magnifying his holy name for the works of his powerful arm in my regard. 58. At the same time, Thou must strive with all thy power to imitate me in the works which I perform by the aid of these great and wonderful blessings. Pray and sigh for the eternal salvation of thy brethren, and that the name of my Son may be extolled by all and known to the whole world. Thou must establish the habit of this kind of prayer, by a constant resolve, founded upon firm faith and unshaken confidence, and by never losing sight of thy misery and profound humility and self-abasement. Thus, prepared, thou must battle with the divine love for the good of thy people, firmly convinced that the most glorious triumphs of divine love may especially be looked for in its dealings with the humble, who love God in uprightness. Raise thyself above thyself, and give him thanks for the special blessings conferred upon thee, and for those conferred upon the human race. Transformed by this divine love, thou wilt merit other gifts, both for thyself and for thy brethren, And whenever thou findest thyself in his divine presence, do thou ask for his benediction. This concludes our reading today for day number 95. We have been reading from volume 2, chapter 5, paragraphs 47 through 58. I hope that as we hear these readings, or maybe you're following along in the text as well, but as we hear them, that just as I, as I'm reading them, am looking for what is percolating in my mind? What is striking my heart that I want to share in this little impromptu reflection after the reading? I hope that you maybe have some of those things like, oh my gosh, I never realized that. That's so amazing. And that's what we do in these daily readings. And we have a lot more to go before the end of the year. And I think right at the very beginning, I was really struck by the fact of Mary being called the temple I know that Mary is often called a temple. I know that we are called temples. That's what the scripture says. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. But to hear Mary called that, I know she's the Ark of the New Covenant. She's really a shrine. She's a tabernacle. She's all of these things. The fifth day of the Novena, which the Most Blessed Trinity celebrated in the temple of Most Holy Mary. And so Mary is a temple of God, and indeed she is, and indeed she will be. We're on this fifth day of creation, and so once these days of preparation are over, she truly will be the temple of the Most High, because God himself will be in her very being, will be in her womb. We also noticed in today's reading kind of this back and forth that God would speak to Mary And then Mary would respond to Almighty God, or to the Most High, as often God is referenced in the mystical city of God. So you have this dialogue that is happening between God and the Blessed Virgin. And we wonder how that dialogue takes place. Is Mary actually audibly hearing God speak? Is Mary hearing God speak in the depths of her heart, and she's able to make sense of what God is saying But I think this is a very beautiful model in a sense that she's responding to God in her life. And God speaks to us through different events that we experience. God is speaking to us throughout our day, whether we can acknowledge or recognize it. And so I think we train ourselves to begin to hear that voice of God as he speaks to us through other people, as he speaks to us through the experience that I've had today. What is God trying to say to me? And now, how do I respond to that? Mary's prayer is very beautiful, and we heard that God heard her petitions. He was moved by her humble and loving petitions. So we should strive to imitate the prayer of Mary and to make our petitions known to God so that he might be pleased by them as well. We heard another line today, too. Let the mortal see and acknowledge how most holy Mary, next to her most blessed son, is the cause of their salvation. This is actually one of those titles in the Litany of Loreto, the cause of our salvation. Saints say this, and well, Mary is the cause of our salvation, because she is cooperating with the divine grace of God in her life, She's the cause of our salvation because the one who is the Savior takes on human flesh from her. That the Savior of the world is formed in her womb and cared by the Blessed Virgin, nurtured by her. She takes care of him throughout his childhood, securing the fact that at age 33 he would die on the cross for our salvation. And so Mary is the cause of our salvation in that way. It's not a title of Mary that we need to kind of distance ourselves from. But once we take a step back and look at how is it that she's the cause of our salvation, well, then we understand. And so then we heard the instruction which the heavenly lady gave me. And we hear these pretty much now every day. And one of the things that as I was reading I'm like, is this Mary speaking to Maria of Agreda? Is this an insight of Maria of Agreda? And so just listen, and maybe you'll understand my little confusion, but then let, let me share a little reflection then. And since his majesty has shown himself so lovingly generous toward thee, giving thee in preference to all the generations of men such great knowledge and light concerning these so hidden sacraments, I desire, my friend, that thou signalize thyself above all creatures in praising and magnifying his holy name for the works of his powerful arm in my regard. And so this is what we just heard, that Mary was given this great knowledge concerning these hidden sacraments. She understands the fifth day of creation as well. And as I read that, I'm like, well, is this Mary? Are we talking, is Mary talking about Mary right now or is Mary telling Maria of Agreda, Since his majesty has shown himself so lovingly generous toward thee, giving thee in preference to all the generations of men such knowledge and light. And that's how I came to understand it. That Maria of Agreda, now that God has chosen her, Since his majesty has shown himself so lovingly generous toward thee, God has chosen you, Maria of Agreda, to write this biography of Mary and to receive these revelations, giving thee, in preference to all the generations of men, such great knowledge and light concerning these so hidden sacraments. And so she's privileged to receive these revelations. And now we think about that word generations, in preference to all the generations of men. Well, Maria of Agreda was chosen then for this very purpose, And now here we are, generations removed, and we're receiving this knowledge ourselves. We're making our way. We're understanding these hidden sacraments now. Truly, there's great reason for us to give thanks to God for the life of our venerable Maria of for the way in which we're receiving this knowledge of the Most High, growing in our love of God, and especially an appreciation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the mystical city of God. I am grateful that you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for Day 100. Can you believe it? 100 days tomorrow. That also means there are 265 days left in the year. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.